Patsy DeFerrance is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. All right, welcome to the Zeke and Malik show, starring yours truly, Andrew Callahan for the Boston Herald. Tommy Kern from NBC Sports Boston. We have a short window here. We're going to make it work. He has to do television tonight. We are doing television tomorrow. But first, Ezekiel Elliott is signing on the dotted line. Your instant reaction, Tom Kern. About time. Very, very, very necessary. As you and I discussed a little bit uh, on Friday, right after the game, both of us, I think, are disappointed and underwhelmed by the second-year running backs. You need depth behind Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, looks like you froze, but we'll keep rolling here. We'll see how it goes. Ezekiel Elliott signing a one-year deal, maximum value $6 million, uh, $3 million base salary, $2 million in incentives, and then $1 million signing bonus. We losing you got you got me now. Yeah, I think, but I think because I'm outside, my my feed might be weak. Is uh, Bo Curran gnawing on your your internet cords back there? Any Ethernet? You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna close. I'm gonna close some windows and all my Zeke research, and that might make a difference. <laughs> all um, right, let me run for a bit then and be a good teammate here. And I, I just ran down the contract there, which anyone who was looking at this deal knew it was going to be incentive based. Not only just because. The Patriots would prefer to do incentives for every player and every single dollar that they hand out. But Ezekiel Elliott's market was very dry. He had multiple bidders. That's great. It amounted to $2 million, $3 million in base salary and, and one in a signing bonus. So there's not a whole lot here. This is a guy who's clearly past his prime. Okay, you could talk about the three Pro Bowls, all pro team. That all pro team was in 2016. Okay. And for him, you're looking at a guy who averaged under four yards per carry last season, but did have on a high volume 876 yards. In 12 touchdowns so that's where we're at with him and everyone's favorite nugget which really helps the patriots tom he's still good in blitz pickup and he holds on to the ball so i put it like this you bring zeke in he can be a nice 1b a nice number two but he's gonna do the dirty work for Ramondre stevenson who had to do that and everything else last year and clearly wore down yeah and i think what's interesting there's a huge volume whether we're listening to the radio or watching on television of information saying, well, Zeke Elliott's not a 1,600-yard player anymore. And that's clearly obvious. Any moron can tell you that. He's not the 50-catch guy anymore. That's fine. But what is he? So I actually plumbed the numbers a little bit. And I'm going to encourage you, too, at some point, when you need stats, go to the Washington Post Expanded Stats because they have such great stats. Zeke hasn't fumbled since 2020, 468 carries. 231 carries last year. He had 356 yards after contact. That was on a a reduced workload. But he was also ninth in the league on third and short, converting 77.2%. Fifth among running backs. Um, Damian Harris, uh, the previous year in terms of yards after contact, he was a 1.5 yards per contact. Um, after, excuse me, yards after contact, he was 2.3 the year before. Zeke was at 1.8 last year. So kind of certainly not as explosive as Damian, but the yards after contact is similar. And this is also really cool for, for people who are like concerned about how dangerous will they be inside the five. He scored touchdowns on eight of his 11 carries inside the three. It's among the best in the league. And he was fourth in converting rushes inside the 10 into touchdowns. So 10 of his 24 rushes inside the 10, turned into touchdowns. So, again, that's fourth in the league. You know, it's up there with Derrick Henry. And I, I, 
we all get it, but what is he brought in to do? He's brought in to pick up short yardage, to blitz pickup, to be decent hands out of the backfield, to take care of the football. So he addresses that. Now, I guess the question is, it's August. What are you doing? I mean, yeah. you couldn't have thrown him a little more money, more money prior. And it's the foot dragging that I think is unnerving somewhat with the Patriots and their offensive personnel decisions in this offseason, Andrew. I agree. Uh, and at some point, that time is behind us, and I think we can complain about it, and we're right to. I mean, we were talking about signing Zeke two, three weeks ago. That was before we saw Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris do little to nothing with each of their 15 snaps uh, in that preseason opener against Houston, cover the offensive line, obviously not up to snuff. And Zeke Elliott has benefited from some great offensive line. But I love the stat that you brought up, yards after contact. Because when I look at running backs today, it's not unlike we talk about quarterbacks and the way they extend plays or receivers and get separation. What are you doing when you're on your own? What can you create out of nothing? Zeke Elliott's not doing a whole lot of that. But the Damian Harris comp, according to, I'm not a Washington Post guy, but I've got some PFF stats for you. Very close to Damian Harris, who, who received about half the attempts that Zeke Elliott did last year. But Damian Harris posted a lower rate of missed tackles for. So either I'm going mm -hmm. through you or I'm going around you. Zeke was better at that than Damian Harris. So they're not going to be a one-for-one -one player. Like he has many, many, many more miles on his legs. But the role he'll serve, again, is a 1B, short yardage guy, good in blitz pickup. It's a quality addition. I think it fits for all the right reasons. Honestly, I don't think there's a ton of meat here on the bone until we, <laughs> until we see him in person. So do you right. have more to add before we get to Malik Cunningham? Just that I think he's going to be relevant. It's a successful team that he's coming from, a successful program. So I think it brings a level of expectation for, for what they'll be about. So to me, there are no downsides. It's for a pittance. It's a guy who falls forward, makes yards. If Kevin Harris does turn into something, terrific. If he doesn't, you have someone there to do it. And there's no whining about, well, look at all the money I spent on running back. Who cares? Right, right. And of note, Pierre Strong's missed the last two practices. So this might be a health thing where they wanted to fumble around in the discount bin of the USFL where they just signed two of their last three players and the third one comes from the XFL. No disrespect to C.J. Marable. Um, you're probably not long for Fox, bro. Ezekiel Elliott's here, and he's going to have a roster spot when it counts. All right, we want to move on to Malik Cunningham now because, again, Zeke Elliott has signed – Plus move for the Patriots. I wrote about it Sunday. You and I have talked about this on TV many, many times before. There's not a whole lot new here. Hopefully we'll speak to him this week when you and I are in Green Bay covering joint practices. Also, hopefully we see more of Malik Cunningham at quarterback, which made major waves Sunday. Here we are speaking Monday after a second practice in which Malik received five snaps at quarterback over team drills. So between the two practices, total of 10 out of 112. That's not a big number. It's not a significant number to me, but the piece time that catches the eye and I think deserves to catch everyone's ear is that he jumped in for Mac Jones and he jumped in for Bailey Zappi on one or two snaps per team drill inside the red zone, inside the full field, and they're running a little bit different offense with Malik Cunningham. So on a scale of one to 10 of training camp stories, where does this land and why? I would say it lands at about a 7.3 because of the ramifications it could have down the road for both players and for the Patriots offense and the explosiveness of their offense. When you look at the way offenses are built to exploit defenses. Now the Patriots have really good defensive personnel. 
you and I can easily agree on that. But when you really scrutinize their 2022 season, it was the Sam Ellingers and the Colt McCoys and the Skylar Thompsons and the Teddy Bridgewaters that they feasted on and Zach Wilson a couple of times. When they got against better quarterbacks, ones who could restart a play after it began, that's when life became difficult. Can Mac restart a play? Not really. Can Bailey Zappi? Again, not really. And he doesn't really have the size or arm strength to make you wary of him. They now have someone in the system, at least, who can restart the play. I'm not saying you should bring him in on second and 12 now because you have an opportunity to just let him run around and make something happen. But as Phil Perry pointed out, I can't remember what the stat was. I think it was explosive plays. You might know this, too. Mm-hmm. Explosive plays created off of scrambles was exponentially higher. Do you know what the stat is? No, they, they were high in explosive plays last year, but it certainly was yeah. not off of scrambles. <laughs> no, it's it's but the explosive plays off of scrambles now outnumber explosive plays off of conventional. Hmm. So you have to incorporate that into your offense. Not only that, but you have to understand your defense is going to be exploited by that, regardless of how good you are situationally, how good you are at plastering, etc. So to have somebody who can run scout team to help you get ready for it at the very least, which is probably where Malik Cunningham's biggest role might land, or to even have a package of plays where you bring him in on the goal line and he runs read option, or he comes in on a third and you know, third down, maybe not comes in on the second and two at the 40. I mean, they ran, check this out. Remember when they played Buffalo and they hung around in the second meeting with the Buffalo Bills in 2021, Josh McDaniels ran a friggin' triple option play with Mac Jones. And they scored a touchdown with Damian Harris on that. So yep. it allows some innovation for Bill O'Brien, who knows how to operate with that. So I'm glad you brought that up because let's go through these, again, 10 snaps out of 112. That's that's fewer than Trace McSorley saw as a third-team quarterback. The volume is not crazy for a guy who played quarterback in college, comes to the NFL, is playing now in practice, even though the plan originally, full-time wide receiver, meeting rooms, drills, et cetera, et cetera. The shift is notable. He's playing more quarterback. Okay, what is he doing? Nine out of 10 of those snaps, he's either handing the ball off on some sort of read run. You mentioned read option. It could be zone read. It could be some uh, inverted veer or power read, whatever you want to call it. Then he had one play action rollout today, which sailed a little bit and looked like a lot of the wobblers he fired on Thursday night. But that, to me, indicates there's a specific package here coming. Or there are two other reasons why I think they might be doing this, which I'll get to in a second. We'll hear from you because. All right. I know you know this, but I'm not sure you feel it. So I want you to listen very closely. Football season is about to kick off. High school, college, and especially the NFL. And in the NFL, FanDuel is giving you a chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every single time that team wins in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use these bonus bets on things like spreads, player props, over-under, and ton-tons more. New bets, new games, new everything every single week in the NFL at FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash Boston. Gambling problem in Massachusetts? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hope is here at GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Must be 21 year older and present in select states. Bonuses are issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max bonus $50 unless specified otherwise. Restrictions do apply. Please see terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. 
Okay, Malik Cunningham theories. Number one, I just said it. They have a specific package for him with the plays that we saw against Houston and in training camp, certain RPO actions, read runs. Mm-hmm. Or, like you just mentioned, they're getting ready for Jalen Hurts. All the, Most of these reps are against the starting defense. Might as well sprinkle in a couple plays here and there because why wait until September? It's going to be a huge opener. Or number three, they want to see what they have. Like Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant last year. And Malik Cunningham is an undrafted guy who got a ton of dope. But for all intents and purposes, was just taking one pick after Mr. Irrelevant. And so you need to give him opportunities. And the way you would wean him on is let him do what he does best, these kind of plays, and then expand with him and see what he can do more. Because I, there's a lot more on the table than there was a week ago with him. And I, I have to think it's for one of those three reasons. If not, all of the above. What all of the above. Well, yeah, all okay. of the above. He's also working at Gunner as Jabril Peppers. <laughs> you know. um, so I think in my experience covering this team, Bill's approach is never to really have a defined end point. He didn't have a defined end point for Julian Edelman. I'm sure he didn't have a defined end point for Matthew Slater. He certainly, I'm I'm sure, does not have a defined end point for Malik Cunningham. Just keep, if he finishes what's on his plate, have him bring it up, put more on it, see how he does with that. So could the plate be full at spot, change up, wildcat, slash kind of player maybe could the plate be full at you know after 2025 maybe you picked up the fifth year option on mac jones and decide you want him to go someplace else and you have a a guy in house and his name's malik cunningham and he's lamar jackson light i mean anywhere in between the two is possible but bill doesn't have a defined endpoint. we're trying to make lamar jackson light or we're trying to create a gunner who can run four plays that's what's Interestingly adaptable about Bill Belichick. What I think is interesting too is as hard as he has dealing with run script off schedule quarterback, there is a predictability that he likes from his offense, Andrew. You there are rules and you you know, you know, do your job. Well, what's your job when you're a quarterback who's plays break down in front of him and he has to create? There are no rules. So and there is no job. The job is just to make people miss. So I think the bill would have to harken back a little bit, not to Tom Brady, but to Lawrence Taylor. There were no rules for Lawrence Taylor. And maybe Malik Cunningham is the offensive second coming of Lawrence Taylor. Or maybe, <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's just, it's just, it's, it's antithetical uh-huh. to what Bill embraces in terms of. Well, it's interesting you say that because throw the cards I, I would see what I land. Yeah, it, it didn't hit me until I was driving home from practice today, and I texted with a, a longtime Patriot, uh, retired in the last four or five years, um, who had said, Bill likes the mobile quarterback. Because we had done TV. I, I was buying what you were selling. I was drinking what you were pouring me on that. And I thought about They signed Derek King last year from Miami, another undersized athlete, mobile quarterback receiver. Cam was the quarterback in 2020. None of this is indicative of a full pivot, right? Like, they still drafted Mac Jones, pocket-bound, statuesque, Tom Brady store brand knockoff down 80, 90% Mac Jones. But I think he's intrigued by the idea. And I think if De'Ara King had lasted more than enough days, because he got ousted before he could find a freaking apartment in Foxborough, like it might look like this because Mac Jones is not good enough to keep on the field at all times. Like you were never taking Tom off the field to run some sort of wildcat quarterback or some option stuff with Malik Cunningham. 
Mac Jones, of course, not in that category. And that's what intrigues me about they're putting real time with the players around him. David Andrews snapped to him today, and that's about where we're limited to say based on these rules. He faced guys who we expect to start on defense. You don't waste all of their time with experiments. Like, I think they have a purpose here, and that's what really intrigues me about him, in addition to what it means for Bill's thinking at large. Yeah. I would temper to with, with such a I would temper the purpose and say, is some of that to give the looks to the defense against starters for the mm -hmm. RPOs for what they're going to deal with? Because I heard Mayo was over the moon because really on most of those RPOs, they did a fantastic job blocking up the gaps and and walling it off. So I don't know if if I think that there is a notion that Bill could be message sending. Bill could be in some ways trying to pave the way for Malik Cunningham to be involved. Mac Jones is far and away the best quarterback on this team. Yes. Malik Cunningham is closer to Bailey Zappi in my estimation than Bailey Zappi is to Mac Jones hmm. in terms of replaceability. Bailey Zappi's apex is Taylor Heineke. Tyler Heineke. I never get it right. And there's a reason for that because <laughs> it's a career backup. Yeah. yeah. Um, to me, Mac Jones is, again, he could become a player you never take off the field. I mean, we saw some throws today, again, that are just on a platter. Did he have a great practice? No. Um, he had some mistakes. But I saw Bailey Zappi get picked off at the, you know, on a screen by Sean Wade. And Second Bailey Zappi got sacked six times. I, I would say real quickly, too, th these were Mac's two best days back-to-back -back all training camp, you would say, right? Yeah, I was not there on Sunday. Okay. But I just, you know, he's just much more dialed in Yeah. Um, yeah. to me than, than Bailey Zappi can hope to. He's just not an accurate enough thrower because of his stature, I think. Well, let's, let's stay with Zappi for a second because that – is the next step, right? Like the, the next question I have here ready to ask you is what do you need to see next to get this story to have more of your attention? And let's just say that happens. Malik takes snaps against the Packers and team drills. He goes from five snaps on Sunday, five snaps on Monday to 10 or 12 and needs into Bailey's time. I'm not expecting any of this to happen, but Bailey Zappi in that scenario not only could be replaced, but he might be able to be converted into a trade chip. As we all know, the Patriots dealt from a position of strength and depth at quarterback with Jacoby Brissett back in 2016, very different scenario, yada, yada. But they would like certainly to add an offensive tackle. And if they have another team that sold on what Bailey Zappi showed last year, might you be selling high on Zappi if you're comfortable enough with Malik Cunningham? No, shaking your head. Okay, fire away. It's bad enough that he is your heartbeat away from running a team with postseason aspirations because he's not good enough to do that. Okay. He is a spot starter in my estimation. That's why I was talking last week about you need to get a veteran quarterback in here, a Gardner Minshew, a Case Keenum, a you name it type player who you can say, okay, he can start 12 games and maybe approximate about what, Z what Mac does. But if you trade Bailey Zappi away, who is a spot starter and could say go three and three over six games perhaps before teams start to chew him up, and you have Malik Cunningham, who was undrafted, who does have a massive amount to learn, who wasn't even indoctrinated into the quarterback room fully until maybe the last week or so. I think that that would be courting disaster at that position. Okay.
Yeah, that's I'm, why I say. But that's not to say next year wouldn't be a great idea if Malik Cunningham is as a spectacular offseason and well, Bailey Zappi kind of finds his level. I get ahead of myself in a way that I, I don't like to do frequently. Like I, I would say with these bigger stories, the moments that we have, you recognize two years ago, Mac Jones lights up the giants when Cam Newton is on the sideline. Cause he broke COVID rules. You said Mac won the job today. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really know my risk in taking that generally steady approach is I miss those moments. Like you picked sure. up on that day has been said, and you're more often right than not, but then you're a little behind in certain instances. This could be one of them, but I jump ahead in the sense of Malik Cunningham has jumped ahead of expectations in a matter of five days with the way he's running the offense. It's a very different offense. And so if this were to be extrapolated over the next couple of weeks, like I said, you know, again, more time against Green Bay, good preseason game, yada, yada. That That's where the zappy replaceability discussion, I think, gets interesting. Yes. Um, oh, I, I completely agree that Bailey Zappi's um, replaceability is definitely now certainly on the radar. Yeah. But he is not in a position where that's imminent. There's so much more for Malik Cunningham to do, including, I think, in real games against real ones with real game planning against him, where they're really trying to F him yes. up. Because that's yeah. that it's to a, me is what Bill would say too, the game planning. It's a great point. And and I'll just leave the folks with these numbers. 32 reps for Mac Jones today, 32 for Billy Zappi, five, five for Malik Cunningham. So that, that tells you where what they think and where they're at with them. So um, this has been fun. You got to go do TV. Any leftover takes, thoughts, Patriots training camp? Is Bo around? Can we say Bo Curran, what he thinks of Malik and Zeke and the show that we've done here and scrunched into 22 minutes? He got locked outside, he, my wife, because he's wearing a jingly uh, collar. He got stuck inside. So he's inside right now. Um, I would have had him <laughs> outside. But I'll keep him inside so he doesn't drive you crazy. But I appreciate it. We got quick slants tomorrow. Yep. I'm going to have him in the Patriots talk pod. We can ha uh, hash through more of this Zeke stuff, more of the Malik stuff, and more of what we want to see in Green Bay, which is what we're going to be doing all week. But I appreciate you. You got it. Yeah, appreciate you, buddy. You're out there for six days. I'm getting out on Thursday, flying out tomorrow, which is Tuesday morning, hopefully when most folks are listening to this. Uh, he is Tommy Kern. You know where to find him. Listen to him. Read him. NBC Sports Boston. Uh, yours truly still at the Herald, NBC Sports Boston a little bit. And, of course, here in the Pass Interference Podcast, which is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Thank you, sir. Goodbye now.